0: now the moment you've all been waiting for it's the brussels insider radio show today is our topic participation in the european union plus we welcome alessandra Cardaci from italy and now live on tape in dublin ireland it's sabri khalil
1: Thanks, Roma. Thanks for being here, everybody. Welcome, one and all, to the Brussels Insider Radio Show, where we bring out the you in EU. I'm one of your hosts, Sabri Khalil, and I'm pleased to be here with you today, wherever you are in this big, great old continent that many of us call home. This is the fourth episode of a six-episode long series called the Brussels Insider Radio Show, brought to you by a small group of us students here at the School of Politics and International Relations of University College Dublin. In this series, we'd like to take you, the random citizen, on a journey to the heart of the EU, giving you a better understanding of what the EU is and does and what it truly means to be European. We have a fun-fell program for you as we take you behind the scenes of the EU's institutions in Brussels with discussions on our past trip to our Union's capital, interviews with experts and people working directly and indirectly with the EU's institutions, with a quiz at the end of every show. We have a wonderful show for you today, as we'll be welcoming a very special guest. We had the pleasure of meeting in Brussels. She's a project manager for the platform creator Debating Europe and worked as a facilitator for the Conference on the Future of Europe Working in Brussels, among other things. We're very excited to be listening to an interview we conducted with her during our trip to Brussels, as she helped us to get a better understanding of how citizens can participate in the EU. Following this interview, we'll have our usual quizzes and an interview with members of our YouTube channel. More on that later. In the meantime, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show! And now it's time for our interview of the day with special guest Alessandra Cardaci. Now, as briefly hinted out previously, this interview was conducted during our trip in Brussels and is therefore a recording. Now, be sure to pay attention to what's being said as we'll have a quiz for you right after the interview. Anyways, without much further ado, let's begin our interview hosted by Marta Grosso, one of our co-hosts here on the show.
2: Here we are at Osteria Bolognese in Brussels' city centre, five minutes walk from the European Parliament. After a long day of work, we are meeting with Alessandra Cardaci. It is a pleasure being here with you today. So, Alessandra is currently the project manager in Debating Europe. She's, she worked with Deliberativa and EFOC as a facilitator for the Conference on the Future of Europe and among other things we has been she has been sorry guys involved with media relations within the European Commission. So, hello Alessandra, first of all, how are you doing? Hello, I'm doing very well, thanks. <laughs> it's great to be here with you. So, shall we start with spending just a few words about what Debating
3: Europe is? Sure, with pleasure. So Debating Europe started 10 years ago, more or less, and the aim was to um, provide a platform for citizens to be able to ask questions or uh, share comments. About uh, anything related to Europe or hot topics, uh, and we would then put their questions and comments to politicians or experts for their reaction. So basically, our aim is to really close the gap between citizens and politicians, policymakers, and experts, um, so that we can contribute to a uh, healthier and more authentic democracy in a way.
2: Oh, that's great! So uh, you. You are dealing with citizens directly. So what has been your experience working with citizens? And uh, how did you get to meet them? And uh, yeah, what is your experience overall?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So indeed, I love my job because I get in touch with real citizens out there in a way. And the way we connect is especially online. Um, We managed to recruit, let's say, citizens uh, via social media, but also we run focus groups, which are basically online sessions where we go deep into topics and we discuss in a safe space on hot topics. Um, And we also have panels, uh, so basically uh, online events where we have citizens interacting live with politicians or experts. Um, We also have a network of what we call community partners, which are basically other civil society organizations, organizations representing certain communities, including also you know, paying attention to diversity and so on. And, and this is our way to really reach out to citizens and real citizens out there. It is true that Tibet in Europe is in English, so we, for the moment we mainly reach out to English-speaking citizens in Europe. And obviously, as you can imagine, these are mainly young people. Um, however, a few years ago we launched Tibet in Europe Germany, Uh, to really go local in a way and to test how it is to sort of replicate the debating Europe model from English into a national sort of language uh, which in this case was German and the aim is to go local also in Spain, France, Italy, Poland and so on um, to really manage to include as many Europeans as possible and let them speak about Europe but also from their local perspective in the local language. Um, So it is indeed wonderful to have the opportunity to Get in touch with citizens and the moment you do you realize citizens do want to be listened and have so many ideas, so many, you know, solutions they would like to put forward to politicians. So it's very stimulating to realize that the moment you give citizens a safe space and some information, you know, and knowledge to, to support their arguments and their opinions, then they're really willing to shape democracy. So we what we want to do at debate in Europe is to really empower citizens. Also, we run workshops, what we call democracy workshops, to really empower citizens and civil society with sort of pro-democracy tools to advocate, to lobby, uh, for, for having citizens more represented in, in democracy and, and having them shape in democracy. Well, that's great to hear
2: uh, that this initiative is actually spread all over Europe. And uh, yeah, it's I didn't know it personally and it's actually yeah seriously great to hear that and also for our listeners because uh, these initiatives are not very well sponsored so it's good to have someone uh, to talk to who actually has experience in that field. So um, recently we had the chance to attend an event on the European Year of Youth. We would like to know your insights and thoughts Uh, about this initiative and if by any chance you are involved in it and yeah,
3: how does it work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so basically every year the European Union has a topical, I mean a topic uh, for for the year and this year is indeed the European Year of Youth. Uh, Personally and professionally I'm extremely happy about it um, because I think youth, uh, young people really deserve to be more and more visible across all the policies of the European Union And I'm happy to see that slowly, but still, uh, for example, um, European funding are paying more and more attention to youth in general. So not as a single policy, but across all policies. And previously, I worked for regional development, uh, European regional development, and I'm quite proud to say with some former colleagues, we launched a manifesto for young people. Um, to make sure that, you know, European regional funding had specific lines for young people, for supporting, like funding for supporting youth projects and young businesses and things like that, so to really empower youth. So to say that I think at the European level there is really growing attention to youth as, as important sort of, category of society so I am indeed very happy to see to see the European youth year uh, is happening uh, practically speaking there is a there is a platform which I recommend listeners to go and, and see where they can see a lot of opportunities linked to this celebration events um, we are contributing to that platform uh, generally speaking we involve a lot of young people in our debates and focus groups so historically debating Europe has always pay attention to youth so for us it's not new but we're very happy to see that um, the attention is growing about youth in general. So, um, indeed, that's that's the way um, to to sort of. Uh, for us to support this this European uh, year of youth so far. And about this, do you want to tell uh, uh,
2: our listeners uh, uh, what's the name of this platform and where they can go and have a look and get
3: involved with it? Yeah, um, so what I would suggest very simply is to go on any sort of search engine uh, browser like Google or whatever and put European year of youth. And they should land on this uh, platform. I, I Right now, I don't remember exactly the label, like the name, but it should be European Youth uh, Platform, something like that, to be honest. I don't remember the exact name. But if, if you type European uh, Year of Youth, you should find all the info you need. And as far as if any Europe uh, is concerned, just to say our current website is a little bit old, um, but if you want to participate as a young person in any focus group, panel debate you can write an email to info at debatingeurope.eu so just a bit of promo for people to join and all our activities are of course for free and some even include some incentives so we reward for your time
2: oh this is great these are the practicalities we are looking for and especially our listeners are looking for this is great thank you so just last question, in light of all uh, we have discussed so far, I would like to ask you something more about your role in Friends of Europe you are currently working in. And um, so we saw uh, this think tank is very international and it also expands its interest to other continents outside from Europe. Uh, do you think that this aspect actually gives a different perspective when dealing with European
3: institutions? Yes, indeed. I'm very happy you mentioned this because, indeed, I work for Debate in Europe, but Debate in Europe is part of a bigger think tank, um, which is called, indeed, Friends of Europe. Friends of Europe is one of the most, let's say, famous and solid and well-established think tanks in Brussels, one of the oldest ones, uh, which is expert across different policy areas, from climate sustainability to health, uh, digital, even space. Um, And we recently launched the, I mean, uh, Debate in Europe Became part of the Africa Union, Europe, sorry, African, Africa Europe Foundation. Um, we also have an Asia program, so to say. Yes, indeed, Friends of Europe is very international, so it looks at Europe and not just in isolation, but in relation with, you know, also peace security dimension. So very topical at the moment, unfortunately. Um, and so, yes, we, we are a very international think tank. And that definitely puts Friends of Europe on their different lights uh, within the Brussels bubble. Uh, we also launched Debate in Africa, uh, so which replicates the model of Debate in Europe, but in Africa for African people with colleagues based in Africa that are African, so, you know, very... Um, uh, you know, Africa-led as it should be, and uh, this is to say the debate. I mean, Friends of Europe is kind of a special think tank because usually think tank link academia and policy, and here we actually very much pay attention to business and civil society and citizens. And this is why debate Europe is the citizens' unit of of Friends of Europe. And um, so to say that, uh, yeah, so what we try to do is to influence policies, but we do so always bring in a holistic approach because our motto is to, you know, be forward looking, to to look at things not in silos, but in more comprehensive approach. And what we are going to focus on now until 2030 is going to be a design of a new social contract. So the idea is that we currently live in a society which is based on a very old social contract, the one after the Second World War, where, you know, women wouldn't work, we didn't have such a multicultural society, we didn't have the digital transformation, the green challenges and so on. And now we want to bring all stakeholders, you know, from private sector to institutions, international organizations um and so on to and citizens of course um to sh- and young people um to shape the design of a new social contract where you know where everyone have a say on how society should be ruled and what we owe to each other so the burden a state should have the burden a family should have women uh, and so on so and, and we want to do it from a European perspective but on the other hand we believe this is a sort of um, global challenge we we should uh, address
2: that's that's great thanks a lot you made some really good points and the whole chat has been very insightful with um, some practicalities as I said before that are very useful for our listeners I really hope um, the interview uh, was uh, it can be properly heard because we are in a proper Italian restaurant with the coffee and in lasagna Brussels. in Brussels so with the coffee and lasagnas going <laughs> all over the place here. Uh, thanks a lot for your time, Alessandra. Thank it you. was great to meet you again here in Brussels after the conference on the future of Europe. All the best. A presto. Thanks a lot. Grazie
3: mille. Bye. Thanks.
0: With the fourth episode of the radio show, we are back to giving you a chance to win a special, very European prize at the end of our show. This episode features a quiz in which I will ask you three questions and answers for them were in the interview with Alessandra Cardaci. So you can send us the answer through direct messages on Discord or you can email us on engagingbrusselsradio at gmail.com. Are you ready? Question one. What is the main goal of debating Europe? Question 2. How does debating Europe facilitate the connection between citizens and EU policymakers? Question 3. Friends of Europe is cooperating with NGOs from which other continents? I will repeat the questions one last time. Question 1. What is the main goal of debating Europe? Question 2. How does debating Europe facilitate the connection between citizens and EU policymakers? Question 3. Friends of Europe is cooperating with NGOs from which other continents? Feel free to send us your answers, we are waiting for them.
1: Thanks, Roma. Uh, That was uh, Roma Fleischer, everyone, uh, with our uh, quiz of the day. Um, Now, I'd like to invite back uh, Roma and uh, Marta from earlier. Um, We just had a brilliant uh, discussion with uh, Alessandra. Um, I definitely personally learned a lot about uh, how much effort is put into uh, trying to build um, the bridges between, you know, citizens and uh, EU policy makers. Um, Now, Marta, Roma... What's your opinion on that?
2: Well, definitely, it's good to know there are measures being taken to bring those very complicated policymaking processes and involve citizens in them. It definitely gives them more confidence in EU actions. I have to say, it was very interesting to find out that this year we are celebrating the European Year of the Youth, I did some digging and find out uh, the website that Alessandra was mentioning. It is europa.eu slash youth. And you can find activities taking place all over Europe.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. I also found out that you can not only look at events happening in Europe, but uh, the website also gives you an opportunity to read articles that are written by young Euro- European journalists on all sorts of topics involving the EU. And if that's not enough, you can also find European Youth Policy Initiative, where you can find what projects EU is working on that are related to youth.
4: Well,
1: that's definitely worth uh, taking a look at, and uh, especially if you want to, you know, find uh, more information about it. Um, to the listeners out there, um, like our co-host said, we do have Europa.eu/youth. Um, And of course, it's very important uh, in the democracy that we're living in to really have that transparency um, between citizens and um, our EU policymakers in general. Um, Do you guys have anything else to say about that?
0: exactly on a lighter note as well it's summer is coming very soon and if you're looking for some events and engagement projects to get involved in this summer definitely check out the website because who knows maybe you can go to the other side of europe and uh, do something completely different that you've never done before
2: yeah it would be such an experience guys let's just try it and now let's
1: get back to roma as she interviews the team in charge of the participation video of our youtube channel brussels insider back to you roma
0: in this segment we will introduce one of the free teams that are currently producing youtube episodes that will go into depth on eu issues such as participation transparency and lobbying this week we'll talk to the team focusing on participation which will be live on youtube this monday so make sure to check it out here we are with ruth and kafel hi ruth hi thanks for having me Uh, So my first question for you is, who were the guests for your YouTube video? What did they do and how are they involved with the topic of participation?
4: So we interviewed five guests, um, two of them in person in Brussels and then three over Zoom. So the first one was Honour Mahani. She is a media and outreach officer for the European Ombudsman. And the European Ombudsman is an independent body that holds the EU's institutions and agencies to account and promotes good administration. And then we interviewed Eliza Laroni, who is senior manager at the European Citizens Action Service, um, which is an international Brussels-based non-profit organisation that promotes and defends citizens' rights. And then we interviewed Daniel Ferry, who's a spokesperson for the European Commission. Also, Professor David Farrell, who is a full professor of politics at the School of Politics and International Relations of UCD. And finally, we interviewed The Good Lobby, which is a Brussels-based non-profit civic startup.
0: Thank you. That's a really big variety of, of guests. Uh, why was participation the topic you have chosen and what was your main focus within participation in the YouTube video?
4: So when we started this module, um, we the class went through a process where we identified key issues that we found were really topical and common themes that people had problems with as European citizens. So we asked friends and family questions about the EU and we kind of found that a lot of them really didn't know how to find information, get involved, what their, what their roles were. So then our main focus we wanted to find was participation to get across different viewpoints of our speakers and what they believe is crucial to increase participation at a European and democratic level. And there was a particular focus on their thoughts regarding the Conference of Europe as well, and what the implications of the process and what could possibly come from it from citizens after.
0: Thank you for your answers, Ruth. Now we're gonna move on to Cahill. Uh, So, what were the most interesting and surprising things you found out about your speakers and their roles within the EU?
5: Yes, hi Roma, it's good to be here. So, what I find most interesting was to be able to get insight from those we've been talking to. Yet, it was quite difficult to find availability whilst we were in Brussels and it was quite hard to coordinate it. While it was interesting to be able to sit down and talk to these individual specialists, it, we, we did find it a lot easier to ask more questions whilst off-camera. So whenever we were doing our interviews, we would have had time to talk to them beforehand and afterhand. And that's when we got the best opportunity to sit and talk to them.
0: Uh, thank you. Uh, so my last question for you is, what were the biggest challenges in the preparation of the YouTube video? Was it getting the speakers or maybe editing?
5: Yeah, well, there was challenges in trying to get the speakers. We did find the most challenging part to be the, yeah, behind-the-scenes stuff. So primarily the editing, the audio, and trying to sync the audio with the video clips. Throughout one of our interviews, we had issues with the camera, and unfortunately the camera was running out of battery. So it did have a few consequences to it, but nothing we couldn't overcome. So we've been working hard since we came back to Ireland, and hopefully we'll have something of good quality to show you
0: thank you very much for your answers guys and we're really looking forward to seeing that youtube video bye thank you
1: thanks very much no all the best Well, that's all for today, folks. I'd like to thank you all for joining us today. This has been a successful continuation of our Brussels Insider Radio Show. Thanks to our special guest, Alessandra Cardaci, who we had the utmost pleasure of having today on our show. I'd also like to give special thanks to our radio show team, Viggy Gonzalez-Pozzo, Marta Grosso, and Roma Fleischer, who have worked hard to bring you this show today. Thanks to all of them for being the amazing radio show team members that they are. I'd also like to give thanks to our behind-the-scenes class who have helped in advertising the show and our Professor James Cross. Finally, I'd like to give special thanks to my own Yes Family Radio Show team and the Brussels Insider podcast team of 2021. Their shows greatly inspire us in the overall structure of this show. And thank you, you amazing audience, for being here along the way and being the heart of this show. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Brussels insider that's brussels underscore insider all attached no caps where you can ask questions you'd like us to ask on our next shows participate in polls to be guests on our show follow us uh during our past trip in brussels and of course it would mean a lot to see your support be also sure to check us out on our brand new youtube channel brussels insider and its first episode on participation leave us a like and subscribe i sincerely hope you Enjoyed the show, and I hope to see you next time when we discuss lobbying in the EU. We hope we've brought out the EU and EU. See you next week.